This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Tuesday, January 23rd, talking Cardinals baseball today with our good friend, Jennifer Langosh, Cardinals reporter for MLB.com. And Jen, no sooner uh, did we wrap up last week's podcast than about mm, half an hour after that, Randall Gritchett gets traded to the Toronto Blue Jays. And we had this whole discussion about Randall entering the season as the Cardinals' fourth outfielder, uh, his feelings on that about losing a starting outfield job. And all that now was null and void because he is north of the border. Uh, he's now a member of the Blue Jays. So a lot of layers to peel back here. Um, you know, like we discussed last week, I think that, uh, you know, Randall was pretty not accepting, but maybe begrudgingly accepting of the fact that he was going to be the fourth outfielder. And it seemed like uh, it was a good blueprint for the Cardinals to have a guy with his pop and with his experience, you know, kind of coming off the bench and spelling the starters in the outfield, you know, when the when the time arose. So I guess to put it very simply, uh, why the trade? What was the motivation to deal him to Toronto and to have somebody else inherit that fourth outfielder spot? Yeah, I mean, simply for the Cardinals, it came down to the fact that they still felt like they had enough outfield depth that if they were able to get something good in return, which they got two players in return, uh, that, that they were comfortable dealing Randall Gritchick. I mean, it's interesting to kind of think how this offseason has progressed. When I saw Randall Gritchick the last day of the season, both he and I expected him to be traded this offseason. Well, as things progressed and Sierra was gone and then Piscotty was gone, all of a sudden we thought, well, maybe Randall Gritchick will be here to stay. Reality is with Harrison Bader, with Tyler O'Neill, with Jose Adolis Garcia, with Oscar Mercado, all these prospects kind of at the upper levels and ready to push through to the majors, um, all of whom can play all three outfield positions. Cardinals really didn't need Randall Gritchick as that fourth outfielder. So what they were able to find is that in flipping some of that outfield depth that we've talked so much about this offseason, they were able to add to their bullpen. I mean, getting a guy in Dominic Leone who's going to probably slot in in the late innings for this Cardinals team helps upgrade their bullpen. In addition to that, they get a prospect, Connor Green, who can touch 100 miles an hour. Control command still a little bit of an issue, but again, you can't teach 100 miles an hour. So Cardinals, again, feeling like they were covered on the outfield side, and then this helped them address the deficiencies on the pitching side. And no disrespect intended whatsoever to Randall Gritchick. You know, he had his ups and downs. He was in the minors for a time uh, in 2017. But when he's right, we see how good he is. But despite that, are you surprised at the return that the Cardinals got for a guy who, again, you know, he didn't hit 250. He was in the minor leagues to get two high-quality arms back uh, for a guy coming off a season this like the season he had. Were you surprised? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, the last two seasons, Randall Gritchick hasn't been able to stick in the major leagues. I mean, he's gone back down to the minors at different points to work on his swing, kind of get his confidence back. I think, though, the same things that continue to entice the Cardinals – probably entice the Blue Jays and other teams, and that's just the power potential. I mean, you look at the exit velocity numbers. You look at the power that he possesses. Again, can't teach that either. 
And Randall's still pretty young, and I think there's some folks out there that still think that he can kind of develop into a more consistent player. That being said, is this the guy who's ever going to hit 280? I don't think so. Um, is he somebody who can hit 30 home runs if he plays every day? Sure. Um, I do think that Toronto is an intriguing place for him. I know it's a hitter-friendly ballpark. Um, I think it could serve him quite well hitting you know, there as opposed to maybe Bush Stadium. So maybe that helps his numbers a little bit. But, yeah, I do agree with you, the fact that, that the Cardinals were able to get back a reliever whom they're going to have four years of control over. Again, something they can slot in in the late innings as well as a prospect for a guy who essentially was going to be their fourth outfit. I think that's a pretty good return. Yeah, I think it's it's an outstanding return, and I think the the fan uh, feedback on this trade has been very, very uh, positive to see what they got back for uh, Randall Gritchick. And I find it ironic, Jen, that – you know, the guy that Gritchick is going to, you know, kind of de facto replace and Jose Bautista, that was another guy that kind of floundered in his early years with his initial club. He comes to Toronto, becomes uh, one of the franchise cornerstones, and maybe they're hoping that lightning strikes twice and that they get another guy from another NL Central club. He comes over, finds his stroke, and maybe he's the guy in right field to replace Bautista for the next decade. That is certainly what I think the, the Blue Jays are hoping here. So, Jen, back on the Cardinals side of things, which is what we obviously care about, uh, you mentioned all the guys at the, the upper levels of the minors and guys like Harrison Bader that have had time at the big league level. Is it going to be kind of a carousel of guys that might fill that fourth outfielder role, or could it be a guy like Jose Martinez that, that really nails it down and becomes the guy? Uh, what do you think their plan is there? Yeah, I mean, I would expect Jose Martinez to make this club out of spring training. Uh, he'll be able to, to provide coverage the corner outfield spots as well as first base. I still think, though, the Cardinals will probably keep another outfielder as well. Somebody, um, you know, probably, you know, Harrison Bader at this point, I would think, has an edge for that spot. Tyler O'Neill, the, the outfielder the Cardinals flipped for Marco Gonzalez last summer, he kind of similar to the Randall Gritchick profile, you know, very interesting, intriguing power hitting prospect. I think he could make a push. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals break camp with five outfielders again, because of Jose Martinez's ability to come play the infield as well. But um, the Cardinals we've talked again, we've talked about it all off season, how excited they are about all these young and up and coming outfielders that they have. I think these guys are going to showcase themselves this spring. And if Harris, if Harrison Bader or Tyler O'Neill or somebody else, can really break out and have a great month of March, I think they have a very good chance of cracking that opening day roster. And, Jen, just to backtrack a little bit about uh, Dominic Leone in particular, you know, he, he's not exactly a household name, but you pull up baseball reference, uh, plug in the name, and you see how good his numbers were for the Blue Jays in 2017. As we've talked about, uh, you know, at length right now, it doesn't appear there is a bona fide closer for this team. They brought in Lou Gregerson, as we've discussed. Uh, you know, it's probably going to be his job to lose. Could Leon be in that mix to compete for the closer's job, or do you think that Mike Matheny wants him in that eighth inning setup role and he doesn't want to deviate from that? Yeah, I think he'll start out probably as a seventh or eighth inning guy. You know, really what the Cardinals have done this offseason is try to stack themselves with setup men and hope that one or two of them can kind of evolve into a closer type fit, whether that's Gregerson or if the Cardinals have to turn to to plan B or plan C. But um, I wouldn't think that coming out of spring training that Dominic Leone would be your ninth inning guy. Again, stranger things have happened, and we'll have to see how Luke Gregerson performs coming into camp for the first time with the Cardinals. But, um, yeah, you look at, you know, you look at Leone's kind of track record here. He had a great rookie season in Seattle, two kind of down years, and then a sensational year, which, you know, at least in my eyes, a little bit kind of under the radar. I didn't realize what he had done in Toronto, just hadn't paid that much attention, um, but had a terrific season up there as a setup man. So, you know, between him and Tyler Lyons and Brett Cecil and Matt Bowman and Tam Sam Tuvalala, 
the Cardinals feel like they're really covered there kind of from the sixth inning on. And again, they're still going to have to figure out that ninth inning, but at least they have a lot of options they feel they can choose from. They certainly do. And because of those options, do you feel that, you know, for as much as we hear the Cardinals linked to a possible Alex Colomay trade before the turn of the new year, I haven't heard or seen any smoke or fire regarding any possibility there. Would you say that uh, is that – is is any discussion of that deal dead, or do you still think that they might explore that to get a guy who has proven himself in the ninth inning? I think it's probably unlikely. You know, somebody in the organization recently told me that um, kind of all all that talk about Alex Colomay was maybe a little bit more overblown than was actually the reality of those discussions. So it sounds like the Cardinals have moved on. You know, whether that's because of what the Rays were asking for in terms of prospect return or just where the Cardinals felt comfortable, you know, it's a little bit unclear, but. I think at this point they've moved on from Greg Holland. They've moved on from Alex Colomay. And, you know, they're going to keep saying it until they're blue in the face. Even if fans don't believe them, they're confident with the options they have. And let's not forget that Alex Reyes will be coming back, you know, most likely about a month into the season. You add him into the mix of names that I just named earlier when you talk about late-inning arms. And the Cardinals, again, they feel like they have the coverage. They feel like they have the young talent. Um, and they're hopeful because they've seen it before that one of these young players can then develop into the closer that can maybe be the closer of the future. And if I'm not mistaken, Colomay himself was a guy that, you know, he was brought in amongst a glut of other relievers in Tampa Bay, and he emerged from that crop to become the ninth inning guy. And It's happened before. It could happen again with the Cardinals. For all the names you mentioned, one of those guys steps up and really inherits and nails down that ninth inning role. Jen, to wrap up here, uh, the lists of the top ten prospects in baseball at East position have uh, recently come out, and the Cardinals have Cardinals. Carson Kelly at number two amongst the catchers in the big leagues. Uh, are you aware of any sort of relationship, you know, kind of a, a mentor relationship between Yadi Bellina and Carson Kelly? Have they interacted? Have they worked together? Do you expect that Yadi might take the youngster under his wing, or does Yadi kind of want to <laughs> maybe protect his turf for as long as he can here? Well, Yadi certainly wants to play as many games as possible. That's not going to change. But, you know, I was encouraged last year because there was talk about whether there was friction between the two and not knowing how this kind of time-sharing role would work, um, that there were, you know, there'd be days, especially on the road, where I'd see Yadi Molina take Carson Kelly out onto the field and kind of sit there as an instructor, not just teammate, but teacher. Uh, we see that in spring training a lot. So, I, you know, I think Yadi will continue to mentor Carson again. Um, he's going to want to continue to get the playing time that he's had, and it will be an interesting balance for the Cardinals to navigate through as to how they keep Carson Kelly sharp, without, you know, making Gaddy Molina angry, um, as was the case at one point last year. Um, but for Carson, you know, I credit Carson. He, he at least says all the right things about how he's watching Yachty. He's learning from Yachty, understands how Yachty studies hitters and talks a lot to him. So um, while it may still be three-plus years before Carson Kelly gets that opportunity to play every day, you know, maybe it's not such a bad thing to be learning under arguably the greatest catcher of his generation while he's sitting there waiting. Yeah, there's worse teachers to have. I'm sure Carson Kelly would attest to that, and uh, he is certainly learning from one of the best in Yadier Molina. Jen Langosh, great stuff as always. We'll let you go, and we'll do it again next week. In the meantime, Matt Waymire signing off for MLB.com Extras, St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs>